You know, uh, Jim uh, Dalrymple, who happens to be right here moving chairs and worked so hard to make all of this come together. Thank you, Jim, for all your coordination for this event. Yeah. Jim's told me just a little bit about that online uh, program for uh, adult Bible class and such, small groups. Man, let me encourage you to check that out. It's called Next Level, and Ozark has worked really hard to do that. Uh, we were laughing because we were both working on online learning stuff at the same time, but the work that Pepperdine has been doing is for middle schoolers. And so we have a brand new online leadership course for middle schoolers. It's absolutely free. You can do it with your youth group. You can do it individually. If you've got two kids in your youth group, you, you, know, you each can do it. And let me, if you got the, that first slide, I'm hoping has, there it is. That's the, ad, the website address, adults, if you want to grab that. It is YLL for Youth Leadership Laboratory at pepperdine.edu. And I'm hoping uh, the next slide will show when you get to the website, that's what it looks like. What we did, and Pepperdine has never done this. Uh, I went to these professors, the heads of our departments, and I said, if you could talk to a Christian middle school student for seven minutes about this topic, what would you say? And we had, I mean, we had the coolest, I'll, I'll tell you this one real fast. And somebody said, you got to talk to Lee Katz. I said, okay, Lee, what does Lee teach? He teaches biology. He's also one of the deans, but he works with poisonous frogs. And I'm like, okay, so is he going to warn middle schoolers about poisonous frogs? And they said, no, no, ask him about the dark frog. So I go to see Lee Katz, and he says, oh, I'll show you the dark. He's about this tall. I'll show you the dark frog. Come over, come over to my office this afternoon. So he says, now, do you know anything about dark frogs? And in his office, he's got every poisonous amphibian you can imagine. He's got little newts that will kill you. And so I, I said, um, no. He said, the dark frog, pound for pound, is the most poisonous animal on the planet. And I said, Wow. He says, it's called the dart frog. I said, because it shoots darts. He said, no, because the natives take the darts and rub it on the frog's skin. And the frog's skin is so poisonous that they rub it on that, throw it in an animal, boom, it kills the animal. I said, you're kidding me. I said, you know, isn't it amazing? He said, you want to see one? I'm like, in a picture? He said, no, 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 no. And he goes back in his office and he brings us this old plastic Tupperware thing. And in it, are live dart frogs. They're this big around. Bright blue, bright yellow. I mean, gorgeous colors. And I said, they're beautiful. He says, yeah, I know, they're killers. And, and so he takes, he, he starts taking the top off. I said, whoa, 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 don't take the top off. He said, if, unless you eat it, you, you, you'll, you'll be okay. He said, if you want to touch it, uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on gloves. So he puts on these gloves and he opens this thing and he takes this little frog out. Well, the frog is like nothing. It's not like, you know, it's just frog. I mean, you know, there it is. And I said, well, Dr. Katz, what does this have to do with a middle school student? He said, oh, this is where it gets exciting. He said, I had a psychology major take my class. And the psychology major asked me a question that I'd never thought of. The psychology major said, Dr. Katz, does the frog know? And Katz says, does the frog know what? He says, does the frog know that it's the most poisonous thing in the world? <laughs> he said, I told him, sir, the frog's brain is smaller than the size of a pea. So I don't even know if the frog knows it's a frog, much less does it know. Well, the psychology major raises his hand again and says, Sir, can I do my senior project on whether or not the frog knows? He says, come see me after class. 
I mean, at, at Pepperdine, the class sizes are pretty small. There's only like 18 people in most of the classes. And so this, this kid comes afterwards and he says, I believe that I can put together an experiment to prove that the dart frog either does or does not know it is so fiercely poisonous. And Kat says, you know what? Go for it. I can't wait to see what you do. So here was the experiment he did. He got three frogs. One, very slightly poisonous. Another, a pretty medium poisonous. And then the bad daddy dart frog. And he said, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to put him, and they, they found a spot on campus where there's kind of like some bushes right in a corner. So there was a safe place where the frogs could be contained. And he said, I'm going to put each frog there, and I'm going to expose each frog to a predator. And he said, what kind of predator? Well, he had a fake snake. And so he said, we're just going to put the fake snake in front of the frogs and watch how they respond, which I thought is pretty brilliant. Because that first frog, you know, the only slightly poisonous one, they videotaped this. So here comes the frog, you know, the, the snake. And the assistant who was holding the snake, when his shadow got on the frog, the frog starts freaking out. I mean, the, the snake didn't even get there. The frog was scared of the guy's shadow. So they made the note. Then they got the medium poisonous frog. And they started running it up. Well, the shadow got on him. Nothing. But as soon as the snake was close enough where they felt like the frog could see and sense it, the frog goes nuts, hopping against the wall, trying to get out. So everybody's waiting, and they put the dart frog down. And the assistant is like holding it way back like that, you know. And he walks towards it. Shadow goes on the frog. Nothing. Snake gets close. Nothing. They're saying, go closer. Snake gets closer. Nothing. The picture that I love is the snake right here. I mean, like, nose to nose with the dart frog. And the frog is like, you want some of this? You, you want to mess with me? I'll kill you. Lick me. I will kill you. And so this guy wrote this whole paper saying, I believe the frog is self-aware that he is poisonous. Now, I'm standing here in this guy's laboratory going, what does that have to do with middle school students? And he said, don't you see? That's us. Satan tries to make us think that if we don't do this or don't do that, oh my goodness, oh, I'm so afraid. Oh, I'm so afraid. And God wants us to know he has our back. He that is within us is stronger than he that is within the world. And when you decide, when you know, when you believe, which is what we're going to get to here in a second, when you believe that God is so powerful and loves you so much that you do not have to be afraid of anything except God, then you're like the dart frog. You're like, I don't have to hit you back. I don't have to say, oh my goodness, you, you know, you said, oh, if I don't drink, I'm not cool. Or you said, if I don't do this, I'm not cool. Tell you what, you don't want to mess with my daddy because my daddy loves me and my daddy gave his son for me and my daddy is the ruler of the universe. (laughs) I used to mess with people on planes if I was sitting like in the window seat. When we'd fly, if we'd fly over like, you know, you take off and there'd be like a, a group of buildings. And we'd start talking and I'd say, oh, you see those buildings? Yeah, my dad owns that. Really? Yeah, the, all, all those buildings. Really? Yeah. We'd go a little farther, then maybe a small town. See that town? My dad owns that town. Now they're looking at me. Are you serious? No, my dad owns the town. Who's your dad? <laughs> my dad is really, really powerful. 
And then we'd be landing like in Dallas. <laughs> and I'd say, see Dallas. And now they're like, can I change seats, please? I mean, I have a, I have a crazy person here. It took them a while before they finally say, tell me who your dad is. And of course, I'd tell them, I'm a child of the king. My dad is God. Now, if they stayed sitting behind me, beside me, we, we, we'd have a good conversation. If they decided they'd move, then it's like, this is just too freaky. And we, most people would just laugh. It, I, I quit doing it. It's not a good evangelism program. It's, you know, it's like the old knock on the door thing. Hi, you're going to hell. Would you like not to? That's, that's, this is not, it's not, it's not the best way to open the door. But I still laugh about the days. I used to do this when I was in college that I would just think, because my dad owns the cattle on a thousand hills. My father owns this school and he owns Missouri and he owns all the diamonds in South Africa and he owns all the gold in California. My father, oh, by the way, you can have him too through Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? See, the reality is that we like the dark frog. Anyway, how'd I get into all that? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, this. If you got that video clip, roll this video clip. So if you're interested, this is a completely free program. And do you have the clip, Aaron? Yay, nay? Uh, not sure. Maybe. You don't, he's not sure. Or they're trying to find it. It was, it was on that drive, but you may, may not have even seen it on the drive. Okay, uh, here's what you do. Go to yll.pepperdine.edu, and you'll see me in a lab coat in a laboratory, which was kind of funny, um, uh, leading off the, uh, the, the, the project. We got only one key left. Actually, we got a bunch of keys left, but there's one that we're going to talk about this hour. And to do so, we're actually going to start with a word that Jesus says, but we're going to go to Psalm 107. So if you have your Bible, open up to Psalm 107. If you've got a phone where you can look it up, I want you to take a look at Psalm 107. And I want you to think about this key. We talked about the key to life, which was to know that there's only one number one. There's only echad echad, right? And then we talked about the key to relationships. And we talked about those people that said, you know, hey, um, I need you, or I'm sorry, or I respect you. And now, oh, I almost forgot. Will these four people come over here to the side stage? And stage manager, if you're ready, you got those bags. Thank you for those of you who dropped in, in the bucket. And uh, Aiden Nichols and Kaylee uh, Burdick and Drake Stapleton and J.T. Eights, A-Y-T-E-S, from Owensville. Come right over here, and there's a Pepperdine bag for you guys. And give them a hand. Yay! Awesome. Okay. And Kaylee and... Yeah, okay, good. Just great. Super. Fantastic. God bless you guys. Come visit Pepperdine. Um, so, this key. People say, how do you plan for your future? And I'm going to tell you, and I hope your youth minister doesn't get upset with me later, you really can't plan for your future. And you say, wait a minute. Well, you can't plan for something you completely don't know. But you can plan what to do in your future. Listen to the difference. God decides that he's not going to tell us what the future is. Some of you out here are going to end up in ministry. Others of you are going to end up with God using your gifts and skills. Some of you will end up living in foreign countries that you have never, never even thought about living in right now. Some of you may marry somebody who's sitting on your row. 
Yeah, that'll make you want to move, wouldn't it? Yeah, right? Yeah, I know, I know. You're like, what? No way. Okay, okay. It was, it was Wednesday night. It was Wednesday night when Kathy came walking down the aisle. I was a youth minister and Kathy came walking down the aisle with her friend that she'd brought to church. And I went over and I said, hey, what's your name? And she said, my name's Kathy Payton. This is Rochelle, my friend. And I said, oh, that's cool. I said, well, now, where do you go to church? She said, well, I just moved down here. It's Wednesday night. She shows up at church on Wednesday night with a friend. I was impressed, but I had no idea. I just met the woman that I was going to marry. Guys, one, go to church on Wednesday nights, okay? (laughs) Two, comb your hair when you do, all right? Um... So, so I, I had no clue, no idea. So somebody says, what is the key to your future if you have no idea what's going to happen? No, I know you can't plan your future, but you can plan what to do when your future arrives. Do you hear the difference? And the difference is that I say, God, I can't control my future, but you have my future in your hands. Or as the old song says, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. So what do you do when you find yourself in situations that you hadn't planned for? What is the key to unlocking the secret of your future? Here it is. Psalm 107. I'm going to begin in verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord. Can you read this one with me? Give thanks to the Lord. What's the next line? His love endures forever. Simple principle, guys. As we finish this awesome weekend, we recognize that we have to decide who's number one. And I say, God's going to be my number one. He's going to be my boss. And I'm going to love God and love others. The two things we basically talked about. But then I'm going to trust the fact that God is good. Everybody say, God is good. Everybody say, God is good. good. Everybody say, God is good. Uh, uh. good. The psalmist says, God is good and his love endures how long? Now, here's what Satan wants to do. Satan wants to tell you that if you ever end up sitting in this chair, God's going to quit loving you. Or maybe if you end up sitting in this chair, God's going to quit loving you. In fact, he'll convince you that there's something that you can do or say or trip over or be that's going to cause God to say, oh, no, 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 you're done. I'm done with you. The love of the Lord endures, the scripture says, forever. Now, if somebody says, you mean no matter what I do, you mean I can do anything I want and still go to heaven? No, if you don't want to go to heaven, you don't have to. If you don't want to go to heaven, you can go to hell. That doesn't sound quite right. Um, if, If you do not want, if you choose not to go to heaven, if you decide, I don't want to go with God, you don't have to go with God. I love what C.S. Lewis, a writer from a long time ago, said, hell is just God saying okay to people who say, I don't want you. And God says, okay. I'm not going to make you want me. I'm not going to make you follow me. Oh, I will seek you and pursue you and love you. How long? Forever. But I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make you. It's the mom who says, you need to get up, you need to get up, you need to get up, you need to get up. But she doesn't come in and grab you by the ear and yank you out of your bed. Some are saying, mine does. Okay, one day. <laughs> a friend of mine told me about a mom knocks on the door. Get up. Two minutes. Get up. 
One minute. Get up, get up, get up. You have to get to school. And her son says, I don't want to go to school. It doesn't matter. You have to go to school. I don't want to go. The kids hate me. It doesn't matter. You've got to get up and go, I don't like it. I, you have, why do I have to go to school? She said, because you're the principal. Get up and go to school. You see, the reality is, no matter how old you get, you're going to be in places where God says, this is what I want you to do. And we may say, I'm not going to. God's not going to grab you by the ear. But if, if you love him, no matter what chair you're in. And you say, what's the thing with the chairs? Well, I'll show you. It's right here in Psalm 107. In fact, it'll give us the key that we need to unlock. Here we go. Psalm 107, and we're going to start. There are four places in the psalm, this psalm, where he describes what I'm going to call a chair, a situation. The first one is in verse 4. Take a look at it on the screen. Some wandered in desert wastelands. Anybody here like to hike? But if, if, do, you, do you enjoy hiking? Do you, do you, orange shirt raised his hand there and said he liked hiking. Do you like hiking, man? Where have you hiked? Oh, just do it in places? What's your name, man? Pardon me? Micah. Come here a minute, Micah. Everybody give Micah a big round of applause. Come here, come here, Micah. Jump right up here, dude. Okay. Micah, you are going to represent a group of people. So turn around and face the music here. Here we go. Now, listen to this. In fact, here, you can kind of look here and read along as we go. It says here, some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry. Micah, give me hungry. Yeah, okay, good. And they were thirsty. Are you puking or are you thirsty? Oh, oh, you're parched. Okay, all right, good. So, but you were hungry and thirsty. Give me hungry and thirsty, same time. Oh, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Okay. You sound like a zombie. Okay, all right. They were hungry and they were thirsty and their lives ebbed away. Now, the word ebb is a word that is often used for water. Like when the, when the ocean, when the waves flow in, then they ebb back out. And so that means kind of a slow retreat. Now, now think about this. So we got people who are hiking. They were wandering in a desert wasteland, finding no way to a city where they could settle. That's a fancy way for saying you got lost. And you get hungry. Thirsty. Thirsty. And your life begins to ebb away. You know what that means? You're dying. Yeah. You better sit down, boy. You're dying. Oh, hungry, thirsty, puking. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. So, so you're hungry. Here, lean, lean back here. Just lean back in the chair because you're about, you're about to go. You're about to die. Ugh. Now think about this. You've been hiking for 10 days. You're lost. Now I think he's probably talking about Israel here. But for us, the picture is a time when it's not your fault. You didn't mean to get lost, right? You just, you know, your phone, the, the battery on your phone went dead. You didn't have a compass and, 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 and the rest of the group turned left and you turned right. And, and you find yourself all alone and you realize, I'm about to die. You're smiling about this. You liking this, that you're about to die there? Fantastic. Hungry, thirsty, hurting, about to die. What do you do? Because this, this wasn't in his plan. He didn't plan. One day I'll hike until I'm dying. So, so, so what do you do? Well, guess what the Bible says these guys did. Everybody help me and read this. Put it up on the screen there. What, what does it say that they did? The Bible says 
Then, you guys do the yellow. Then, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Okay, all right. Well, that's a good start. Lord, that's a great start to a prayer. That's a perfect way to start a prayer. So what do you want to say to God? Please help me through this trouble time. There you go. All right. And God, and you know what the next verse says? And the Lord looked down and said, Lo, you should have planned for this. For if thou hadst, I would have listened to you. But what does the rest of it say? But because you hast gotten lost, I shall destroy you. I shall watch you slowly die and laugh while you... Oh no, that's not what it is. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That's what, that's, this is what Satan tells us God will say. That, you know, you mess up and you get off the path and God's going to say, I can't believe, look at me when I'm talking to you. I can't believe you. No, that's not what God's going to do. What does the Bible say God did? He did what? He delivered them from their distress. So God brought them to a place, the Bible says, to a city where they could settle. And then you know what it says they did? Take a look at the text. It said, let them, here it is right here, let them do what? For his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds to men. Let them give thanks. Give thanks. Thank you, Lord. There you go. Give the boy a round of applause. No, 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 no. Right here. Put your bottom right here. So, quick review here. You didn't plan on getting lost, did you? No. But when you got in that situation, what did you do? Cried out to the Lord. Exactly. And was that a good call? Yes. Oh, yes. All right. Now, so contestant number one here says, I cried out to the Lord. But you are different from this person. Listen to this. Some sat in darkness. In utter darkness. When I was a kid. I was afraid of the dark. Any of you guys afraid of the dark? Is anybody here afraid of the dark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, 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 are you afraid of the dark? Really? You are? What's your name? Tori, come here a minute, Tori, would you? Everybody say, hey, Tori! Tori, come on up here. So, Tori, you're going to represent this second group of people, all right? So stand right there, and let's see what your situation is. Because the Bible says, well, let's see. Let's see what it says here. Um, some sat in darkness. So, yeah, sat. Yeah, sit. Okay, okay. In utter, ooh, utter darkness. Do you think maybe they're in their closet or they're hiding or... No. Prisoners suffering in iron chains. Chain, chain yourself. You're chained up. Okay, chained up. Prisoners suffering in iron chains be, because they rebelled against God's commands and despised, despised the words of the Most High. Well, Tori. Here's what the Scripture says you did. You hated God's Word. And when He told you what to do, you went... I'm not going to do it. Oh, you think that's funny, do you? Well, here's what the Bible says. So he, that is God, subjected them to bitter labor and they stumbled and there was no one to help them. Wow. Now, it's one thing to get lost. Like Micah here. It wasn't his fault. Bless his heart. He's a good man. But then there's wicked Tory, who the Bible says just ignored God's word. In fact, 
despised it, spit on it. And God said, okay, Tori, so you got caught. Yeah, whoops is right. And when you got caught, your parents got called and the police came to the house and they took you away in cuffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I just hope you're happy, Tori. I just hope you wipe that smug look off your face. Because your mother and I are sick. Oh, yeah, so smile now, Tori. Smiling in your mug shot there. So this is what this is what the wicked one wants to say. He wants to say, You are so toast you may as well just turn to a life of crime because now you got a rap sheet and now everybody knows what a wicked person you are. So every time you walk into, every time you walk into church, every time you get around the kids, they'll be like, that was that girl that got arrested. That was that girl that got in trouble. That was that girl that got, yeah, oh, that's a girl, yes. Look away, look away, she's looking over here. Don't you look at me with that look. So, Micah, Tori didn't plan on this. What do you think she should do? You think she should cry out to the Lord? Let's see what the Bible says. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. You're chained up, baby. I don't know what you're doing down there. Forgive me, Lord. And the Lord said... Lo, now thou callest me from the darkness, because thou hast not listened. Why dost thou think that I will come to thee now? It is too late, too late forever. Thou art toast. (laughs) You think that's what it says? Satan wants you to think that's what it says. Satan wants you to think that if you get in this spot, okay? Tori's just representing here. If you get in this spot... You can't tell anybody, oh my goodness, oh my word, my life is over. I want you to hear it. That's a lie. I pray none of you ever are in this spot. I pray there's not a policeman at your house. I pray your mom and dad don't find stuff and all of a sudden, boom, it's a different world. But I'm sorry, there's a thousand of us in here. Some of you are going to know that. Some of you have already experienced being caught. Parents saying, what is this? Or why was this under your bed? Or you told me you went to her house or his house. You didn't. I know there's that creepy little feeling in our gut about what it would feel like to have your dad and mom waiting for you when you get home and say, you want to tell us where you were? And Satan says, you're toast. And Jesus says, you're not. And we say, oh, Jesus, with everything I've done, Jesus says, trust God. Trust him. Oh, no way. Jesus says, Yahweh. (laughs) Couldn't help it. Sorry. So they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Everybody read what God did. Put that text back up there, man. The scripture says... Well, the one right before that one, dude, if you would, I apologize. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he... The Bible says he broke the chains on their hands and feet. He set them free. In fact, listen to this. It says, 
He broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yeah, give her a hand. Alright, let's see, I got, I, got, I got one more chair. Is there a guy? Have I got, I haven't, I haven't pulled a guy from over here. Okay. There's a guy jumping up and down, rock and roll. Make your way down there, man. Good deal. Jump up here. What's your name, man? Ryan. Pardon me? Ryan. Lion? Ryan. Ryan. Oh, I kind of like Ryan, but okay. Alright, Ryan, stand right there. Stand up, dude. Now, Ryan, you volunteered for this one, right? Yeah. Okay, alright. I did not pick you, you volunteered. Okay, put the scripture up. Here we go. The scripture says some became fools. Okay, so, Ryan. It works for you. Good deal. Okay. You got a good, that's a good fool look. Okay, look right at them with a fool look. Hey, hey, there we go. All right. But Ryan, it's not just fools. This is not fools like acting goofy. The Bible word for fool means someone who doesn't have common sense. Now, I'm going to give you a Bible definition of not having common sense. You don't trust God. And so the Bible says some became fools through their rebellious ways. Now, you weren't like Wicked Tori you're sitting next to there. I mean, you know, she knew what she was up to and did it anyway. You, bless your heart, Gomer, you were just, um, you know, Shazam, Sergeant Carter. You just, uh, only my wrinkled homies know what I'm talking about there. Um, you, you just, you weren't thinking. You, you know what I'm saying? That, that sounds like me. That sounds like you? Okay. It's like, it's like, it's like, sit down, let me tell you this. There was this, there was this couple that I, when I was a youth minister that came to my church and they, um, wow, I, now I got to tell this story. How am I going to do this? Um, they were dating and they, um, uh, got involved in ways they shouldn't have got involved and she, um, was pregnant. And so they came into my office and I talked to them because they needed to go talk to their parents. And I said to the guy, she went to the bathroom and I said to the guy, I said, because he was a good, he was a good guy, right? He was just stupid. And I, and I said, I said, Bobby, I, I, I just, and he said, Pastor Jeff, I, I don't know how this happened. I said, what? He said, I, I just don't know how this happened. I said, Bobby, where, where were you when this happened? He said, what do you mean? I said, when you got this girl pregnant, where were you? I was at her house. Where in the house? He said, well, we were, we were in her bedroom. I said, okay, where in her bedroom? Pastor Jeff. I said, where were you? We were in her bed. Okay, what were you wearing? I wasn't wearing anything. So, Bobby, let me review. You were in her house, in her bedroom, in her bed, naked, with her, and you don't know how this happened. Are you rocking with me on this? Sort of. Here's the bottom line, Ryan. Sometimes we're just going to make stupid choices. You're going to go to a party thinking, it's no big deal, I'm sure there's going to be some drinking and drugs there, but I'm not going to get involved. Or we're, you know, I'm, well, I'm not really, I'm not going to get, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to be there. And before you know it, you will feel awful. Smoking the marriage 
Smoking the marriage? No, not smoking the marriage. Lordy, I can't believe you said that. I did pick the right child for this. All right, now listen. I have been a fool. Every, every adult in here that has ever made a foolish decision say, oh yeah. Okay, so Ryan, first off, Satan's going to say, you are the dumbest person in the world. And that's not true. No, that's not. There's at least, at least one dumber than you, okay? So, no, I'm kidding. All of us, all of us have been fooled. Don't you look at wicked Tori. You, in fact, don't even talk to her. You leave her alone. Uh, the scripture, I'm sorry, go, go to the next text if you would. And it says, and they cried. Well, actually, it, it, it's, it's, it's not even up there. So let, let me read this to you. Because this is kind of heavy, so I'll, I'll try and do this fast. Oh my goodness, I've got to hurry up and do this fast. Um, it says... They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Do you know what that means? They quit eating and wanted to die. That's called clinical depression. That's suicide. Yeah, suicide. That's what happens when you're in this seat, gang. When you feel like, I've been so stupid, I can't believe it, I'm so dumb. I mean, you're not like Wicked Tory who said, I knew it and I just did it. But you're like, you know, Ryan here is like, I'm just, I feel so bad, I'm sorry. And then Satan begins to press on you with shame and guilt. And as the shame and guilt press down on you, guys, do you know that among some teenagers, the number one cause of death is suicide? Do you know why? Shame, guilt, I don't know where to turn. Ryan, where do you think you should turn? Why don't you ask the two people on your left what to do? What should he do? What do you do? Tell him what to do. Cry out to the Lord. The Bible says, then they cried out to the Lord. Go, Ryan. Lord, help me. And the Lord did what? Delivered them from their distress. The Bible says, let them give, sing songs of joy. Let them sing songs of joy. Songs, it's what the scripture says. Let them, but you want to just thank God. So whatever the song, thank you, Lord, for loving me. Do you know anything? Amazing grace. Um, How about Jesus loves me? You can do it, Ryan. We'll do it with you. You start it. We'll join you. You you start. We'll join you. Come on. G, G, G. Come on, Ryan. You can do it. Yeah, you have to. You guys have to do it with Do it with him. Here we go. One, two, three. Jesus loves me this. Give Ryan a big hand. All right. Okay. All right. Last but not least, and I need another guy. I need one from over here. I need one from over here. You, green shirt. Come here. The green shirt right there. Come on. Rock and roll. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Last one. Oh, my goodness. I got to run. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. The Bible says, others, what's your name, man? Caleb. Go right down to the last chair there, Caleb. The Bible says, some went out on the sea. Oh, Caleb, stand up. Stand up, stand up. In fact, stand up on the chair. You're, you're, you are Mr. Big Tall and in control. Put, make fists with your hands and put them on your hips. Some fists. There you go. Look out there. That's it. Head held high. You are a captain of your own ship. Because these are the people who, unlike these people, they don't think they're in trouble. 
You know, Micah knew he was lost and Tori knew she was in jail and poor Ryan knew that he'd made a dumb choice. But this guy, no. Caleb is here saying, oh, I've got it all together. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. There are days when you think nothing's wrong with my life, man. And then can you take the Bible and help me by reading this part right here where it says they saw the works of the Lord really loud. Read those next four sentences. Yeah, right here. And they saw the works. Mm-hmm. They saw the works of the Lord, uh-huh. wonderful deeds in the deep. Uh-huh. He spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high. Oh, 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 whoa, whoa, careful, careful. Whoa. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, okay. So he spoke and did what? Uh, stirred up a tempest. Oh, no. Yeah. Stirred up a what? A tempest. Tempest. <laughs> Go, just read. Uh, what did it do? Uh, that, uh, no. <laughs> what? That, uh, read out loud. That, that lifted high. Loud, they can't hear you. They mounted up where? Up to the heavens. Up to the heavens. Oh my, oh my goodness. Okay, all right. Now, all of a sudden, he's not standing with his hands on his hips anymore. Why? Because all of a sudden, his, his world has turned upside down. And now he's scared that it, in, <laughs> any moment, some of you know what this feels like. Climb down, Caleb. Some of you know what it feels like because you've been out on a ship in a storm. Others of you know what it feels like to have your folks sit you down and say, your mom and I are getting divorced. Or, I'm so sorry, but I've lost, dad's lost his job and so we're going to have to move. Or maybe they're going to sit you down and say, okay, the doctor has said that mama has a lump that they're going to need to take out. For me, it went like this. My dad had headaches, really bad ones. I was 20. And one day he sat us down at the table and said, I have something called a brain tumor. My sister started crying. My little brother, who couldn't really handle it, just ran out of the room. My mom ran after him. And dad said, we're going to get through this. We're going to trust God. And let me tell you, the winds and the waves hit the house. And by the time I was 21, my dad was in the hospital. And three days before Christmas, he died. And Satan whispers in your ear. What happened to you, man? Everything was going good. And then all of a sudden, look what God did to you. So what do you do? What do you do when you're frustrated and mad at God? (laughs) What do you do when you're scared? God, are you punishing me? Let me tell you what three out of four experts say, Caleb. Cry out to the Lord. Oh, uh, Jesus, help me. And the Bible says... Take a look at the text. And he delivered them from their distress and he brought them to a safe harbor and the winds grew calm and they were glad. Now gang, I don't know which of these four you feel like most represents where you are today. Struggling and saying, man, I, just, I don't know, I'm just lost. I, I'm trying, I'm struggling. Or caught. Or just made some foolish choices that have cost you dearly. And you're hating life. 
Or maybe you just feel like, man, it just, it's not my fault. Everything just turned upside down all of a sudden. Well, here's the key. No matter what happens, the answer's the same. It's the same key. Cry out to the Lord. Say it with me. Cry out to the Lord. Give these four a big round of applause. Would you please for me? Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Bow your heads. Bow your heads, please. Father, all this weekend, we've been saying over and over again, we want to unlock the mystery. We want to unlock our future. And God, as the band comes to lead us in a set of songs of praise and worship, God, I just ask that you use this time to help us decide we're going we're to make a commitment that from this weekend forward, when we're stumbling, when we're struggling, when we're facing a locked door, we're going to cry out to you. When we fall on our face and feel like we've totally blown it, we're going to cry out to you. When we stumble or even when we sin knowingly and look at it and know it's wrong and do it anyway, we're going to cry out to you. Thank you for these young people. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this weekend. But Lot, God, right now in this silence before this prayer ends, Father, I want to ask every young person here, to silently say, God, I need you. I cry out to you now. I want to ask every sponsor, every teacher, every one of us here to take a moment and just remember, we always need you. We need you when the sea has come and we need you when we find out our dad is dying. We need you when we're wise and we need you when we're foolish. So we need you right now, God. And Lord, we've got friends at home who need you. And I ask that you give us the courage when we go home to tell those friends about you. And Father, we've got schoolmates next week who need you. God, I pray that you'd give us the courage to invite them to church next Sunday. And Father, our parents, they need you. God, I pray we can go home and be examples to them. So Lord, silently hear us as we cry out to you. In Jesus' name. Take a moment to finish your own prayer. And then the band will play. Just cry out to the Lord.